It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This is your invitation to the intersection of versatility and design, the kind of experience you can only find in a Lexus SUV. A feeling this empowering is invite only. Fortunately, you're invited. Experience the versatility of the complete line of Lexus SUVs and some of the best offers of the year on select models at the Invitation to Lexus sales event, now through April 1st. Experience amazing at your Lexus dealer. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. And it works everywhere I write. Summarizing a doc only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. You are Locked On Raptors, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hey, what's up? Welcome to episode number 374 of Locked On Raptors for Tuesday, September 4th. I'm your host, Sean Woodley of RaptorsHQ.com. You can find me on Twitter, as always, at WoodleySean. Find the show at Locked On Raptors, where you can find links to every single episode. And, of course, make sure you're checking out the team-focused shows for all 30 NBA teams across the Locked On Podcast Network. And make sure you're checking out the NFL shows, too. The NFL season starts this Thursday. So if you have a team you're interested in, you want to hear about the league as a whole, listen to the Locked On NFL show for your corresponding team. Or listen to Locked On NFL with Matt Williamson. He's got a lot of great guests. He's got Mike Sando from ESPN as a weekly guest on the podcast. He's got Sage Rosenfels, former quarterback, as well as a weekly guest. Tons of great guests on that lineup over the course of the whole week with Matt Williamson. So make sure you're checking that out. And if you are a college football fan, which people on this who listen to this podcast know I'm very much not, but if you are a college football fan and you have a team you care about, make sure you check out the Locked On show for that corresponding team. Most of the big programs have a show right now, and we're launching a whole bunch more as uh, the you know as we get host spots filled in or whatever it is so make sure you're staying tuned for that because there will be a lockdown show coming to you if you're a fan of a team if you don't already have one uh, already so make sure you stay tuned for that if you find a show on the network that you like please subscribe to it rate review on itunes is the best way to support all the shows including this show locked on raptors and the ratings and reviews are very helpful to make me feel pretty good and we have a lot of ratings and reviews i think we have the most among any locked on nba show except for maybe the fantasy show so make sure you uh keep adding to that it's very nice Speaking of Locked On Fantasy as well, I was on with Josh Lloyd for his Raptors season preview. It's already out. It came out on uh, Monday night, so make sure you check that out if you're a fantasy player looking for a Raptors perspective or do you just want to hear us talk about the Raptors because it's not just fantasy-focused stuff. We just kind of talk about um, the team in general, so make sure you listen to that with, with Josh Lloyd as well. Josh does a great job, and he's doing an awesome job uh, teeing up the season with the fantasy shows. Over there. Uh, all right, that's all the preamble out of the way. Let's get to today's show. We are starting the thing we did last year where uh, in the lead-up to the, the training camp and preseason and all this stuff, we did preseason questions facing the Raptors. We did one episode per question. And joining me to answer preseason question number one is our pal Vivek Jacob. How's it going, buddy? I'm doing pretty good, man. Just uh, 
itching to get closer to training camp and preseason and regular season. Um, yeah, just sort of getting ideas for content and oh, by the way, if, if anyone does have ideas for content, feel free to at me at the <laughs> Jacob on Twitter and I'll be happy to write about it. So uh, yeah, that's that's all that's going on right now, man. Yeah, it's uh, it's still a dead time. There's nothing going on. There's not much international basketball to care about this summer either, which is, uh, I mean, I don't really care about it that much, but that's something people do seem to care about. So uh, I'm ready for it. That's why we're getting these things going. I wanted to get back in the groove a little bit now that we're past Labor Day and we're within a month of Media Day and all that stuff. I believe Media Day actually is like three weeks yesterday, if I'm not mistaken. So it's, uh, it's coming up pretty soon. So we're going to dive into these questions. And the first question I wanted to get to... And this is probably off the beaten path a little bit, but this is a guy that hasn't been talked about very much this summer in a summer where a lot of different guys in the Raptors have been in the spotlight. And that's Jonas Valanciunas. We got a Twitter question yesterday. I'm going to pull up the person because I don't want to uh, disparage the person that suggested this as our big question. So give me a second here while I pull it up. Yada, yada, yada. Preamble, preamble, filling in time. Yada, yada. This is me being very professional. I wish my Twitter would load faster. And the person is... Andrew, at Andrew67401910. I don't, don't think that's his phone number, but uh, thanks uh, for uh, the question, Andrew. The question was, does JV have another level? He added, this year, new coach, better perimeter defenders, full season with three-point shot, potential more profile on offense with DeRozan gone, etc. He thinks that there's going to be minor improvements across the board, and I think it's a good place to start. Jonas Valanciunas is kind of the forgotten guy, but it's you know he's an important player on this team. If you were to do the whole thing where everyone simplifies how you you know analyze basketball teams and say who the Raptors' big three is, after Kyle Lowry and Kawhi Leonard, you might say that Jonas Valanciunas is the third guy. You probably would, and you'd be right. And I, I think he's an important dude, and he's an interesting guy for this season, considering that Nick Nurse is here, considering the changes to the roster and how he fits into all of them. So we're just going to talk about Jonas today and kind of where his game goes from here. I guess that's the big question. Um, Vivek, maybe just sort of a broad thing. Is there any one thing that took place this summer with the roster or with the coach or anything with the team that you think is going to affect Jonas the most this season? Well, I think I think it's sort of in Andrew's question about you know having better perimeter defenders around him, mm-hmm. and so I think that potentially lends to him being in fourth quarters more often, in crunch crunch situations uh, of games more often. Uh, I think that would be potentially the biggest change uh, because you you look at you know teams uh, you know the top defensive teams in the league last season uh, of the top eight. Uh, teams in defensive rating i believe six of the eight uh dropped the big including the raptors Mm -hmm. and jonas obviously he fits right into that where what he gets caught up in is you know when guys get beat and now he's got he's got to choose and often you know if if he's helping if he's not helping sometimes he doesn't help at all and the guy gets all the way to the rim sometimes he gets in there and then you know it's an easy bucket for the man he's guarding because guys don't rotate uh which is another issue so if those issues can get cleaned up and uh, you know, if guys are staying in front more often, if guys are rotating better, uh, I think it'll make his decision making that much more easier. Um, and then, you know, that could have an impact on how he's viewed defensively. It could have an impact uh, on him just feeling, you know, just better about uh, uh, going up on offense. And you know, he's obviously he was obviously seemed obviously happier last season. You know, just getting to touch the ball and being more involved in the offense and initiating the offense and sort of 
being able to show his basketball IQ and make some reads. And so I think if you can put that together a bit on the defensive end as well, uh, I think you'll get a better Jonas package overall. This is Jake from Locked On. Locked On has teamed up with State Farm to spotlight some of the greatest supporting players in NBA history. After beating the Heat led by LeBron James and Dwayne Wade in 2011, Dirk Nowitzki won an NBA title and proved himself to be one of the greatest basketball players of all time. But there was one player in the starting lineup for the last three games of the finals that helped support Dirk all the way to a championship, J.J. Barea. Led by J.J. and Jason Terry, the Mavs' second unit proved to be the strength throughout the playoffs, where they led the NBA in bench scoring. But for games 4, 5, and 6 in the NBA Finals, Mavs coach Rick Carlisle inserted Barea into the starting five to help the Mavs space the floor and put more playmaking around Dirk. J.J. Barea had a knack for running the pick-and-roll with Dirk that helped the Mavs score more efficiently on their run to a title. Dirk Nowitzki couldn't score the way he did if he didn't have much-needed support from someone like J.J. Barea. Sometimes, you and I need that kind of support, too. Think of State Farm like a pivotal team player. When you need help protecting the things that matter most, remember the jingle and just say, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Yeah, I don't even know if he has to like improve his own personal defensive abilities very much for him to just have a much better defensive season. I think... Just yeah, having more about the decision making, right? Like yeah, what exactly. The guys around him like sort of dictate that he does. Yeah, and I, I just don't know how often there's going to be like a tough decision for him to make because, you know, the biggest, you know, area in which Jonas would have to make decisions that usually went poorly was when he had to guard a pick and roll in concert with Demar Derozan, and that's not going to be there anymore. And instead of Derozan, you're replacing sort of the the point of attack guy in those situations with. You know, either Kawhi Leonard or Danny Green in a lot of situations, or whether it's Lowry in there too, DeLon Wright, Fred VanVleet, these guys are all better defenders than DeRozan ever was, and that's just not going to be a thing that teams can pick at to really, you know, get easy buckets and easy shots whenever they want anymore, and I think, you know, we saw just how extreme they were last season in keeping Jonas back near the rim and having him drop back, drop down in a way that they haven't done in the past, where they ran the high wall thing, they hedged a lot in, in previous seasons under Dwayne Casey, Last season, a lot of was, ice. yeah, a lot of ice, and that is not so much the case. Like he, he gets to drop back now and not have to worry about defending in space quite as much because there's not going to be as many opportunities for dudes to blow by the the, the point of attack defender, and he's just going to be kind of there as a, like a last line of defense in case of emergency kind of dude, as opposed to having to be an active part, an active participant in the defense, which I think is just going to make him a more feasible guy to have on the court at all times. Like It's just going to be harder to pick on him if you don't have a catalyst who can you know break down whoever's guarding him uh, on, on the perimeter to sort of draw Jonas into that action. So I, I just, the, 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 step, the step up defensively from DeMar to Danny Green and Kawhi Leonard, I think is just so, it, I don't think people are, are appreciating it just like just quite enough yet. And, and I think, you know, Kawhi's a lot better than DeRozan at a lot of things. I think the defensive jump is obviously the biggest thing, and that's going to bleed into the rest of the team. And I think Jonas is going to be the biggest benefactor of that. Um, and then if he's playing more because he's not getting run off the floor because he's too slow and unable to defend and he's too much of a liability you know, in, in, in a partnership with someone else on the court, then you're going to have an opportunity for him to sort of flex his muscles a little bit more offensively and be more of an active participant in the offense for longer stretches and playing late in games and things like that. Last season, he had his by far his best season on a per 36-minute basis. He averaged 20.4 points per 36, uh, up from a 17.8 career high in 2015-16. Uh, you know, best you know 
assists per 36, all this stuff, assist rate. He obviously shot a lot of threes last season as well, comparatively, uh, having shot like no threes before that. And he shot 182 last season, what I think it was. It was exactly one a game, shot 40% on those. That's encouraging. Maybe he can see that with a bit more of an uptick with some higher usage. And I also think just with Kawhi on this team, I'm not sure Kawhi is going to be asked to have the same insane I just usage. Like to add yeah, that go ahead. Yeah. He also had a career high in game time dunks at the buzzer. <laughs> should have been a game winner. Goddamn right. That was not, not a foul. Not get into that foul. But not a goddamn right. foul. Um, <laughs> I, I have to go back and look. Anyway, Who's the ref on that play? Who was the ref on that play? Um, Do we know who the ref was? I can't remember. Okay. I, I just I just remember I have to go look that, but look that up. slapping <laughs> the shit out of him. Man. Oh, oh wow. man. What a beautiful play. But yeah, that was definitely a goddamn foul. Anyway, with Kawhi on the team, I, I don't know if Kawhi is going to be asked to carry the same usage burden that DeMar was the last couple of years. Um, particularly last year. I mean, his... Usage in terms of just shots taken was a little bit down because he was a bit more of a facilitator. But just in terms of being the guy to start possessions, I think Kawhi is going to be able to hang back a little bit more than DeMar did. Maybe Kyle's going to you know receive a little bit more of the burden than he had last season and kind of be a more of a balancing act with Leonard. Like Leonard's going to get his opportunities, no doubt. But I just think that DeMar was so heavily skewed as like sort of being the de facto point guard last season because he was most effective with the ball in his hands whereas Kawhi can work off the ball and be more effective away from the ball than DeMar ever could I just think that's going to kind of spread the wealth a little bit around the floor if they want to keep Kyle a little bit more fresh I do think there's going to be a lot of opportunity here for Jonas to work at the elbows a little bit and kind of get a little bit more in the way of just you know possessions designed to get him shots and I think that's going to benefit him, you know, greatly. So, I don't know. What, what do you think about that? Sorry, I missed that last part. Uh, just what do you think about, like, the the effect that, you know, the, just sort of the spreading of the offense is going to have, the spreading out of the burden, I guess, is, is going to have on Jonas, especially if he's going to be playing more often. So, I mean, I think I think some of this is tied to how, the, uh, like, the ball handling gets distributed, right? Yeah. Uh, I think... I think it was the last time I was on here or maybe the time before that where I talked about, you know, DeMar having so much of the ball handling responsibility and now you've got Kyle who has who sort of sort of showed last season that if you take it easy on him during the regular season then um it helps him in the playoffs mm. and you've got Kawhi who is coming off nine regular season games so you don't want to put too much of a burden on them. So, you know, I wouldn't and, and Nick Nurse, you know, who's talked about experimenting, if he, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if he said, hey, Jonas, we, we threw the ball at you some last season and you were great with it. We're going to do it even more this time and see what else we can get out of you and see uh, see how much better uh, you, you can be at creating shots for not just Kawhi and Lowry, but Danny Green and OG and whoever else, right? Mm-hmm. So um, I, I really liked the element of Jonas just being happier Um being able to sort of show off his basketball IQ and say, hey, you know, I can make these type of reads. And, you know, you look at uh, him sort of being um, compared to, you know, guys like Marcus Saul and people saying, oh, no, he can't he can't make plays like that. Uh, and, you know, some, guy, some guys just sort of get stereotyped. And you, you saw even Andre Drummond do a really good job of sort of creating plays for the Pistons offense uh, at the top of the key, that, mm-hmm. at least before Blake Griffin came over and, you know, just uh, pounded the ball into the ground. Um, but less about the Detroit Pistons. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Uh, yeah, so with JV, I, I really like the element of having him uh, handle the ball more. In terms of the post play, like just getting him buckets inside, um, I, I, I just like, you know, sort of challenging him to get on the offensive class. And you, you just look at the way the league's going. Like if he, if he can get him to if he can get himself into good situations of pick and rolls, uh, that that's a big plus. Then obviously, you know, he's so good at finishing around the rim that you just get it to him and uh, get buckets that way. Uh, but I, I'm not I'm not sure about you know just sort of dumping it in uh, inside to him and seeing what he can do out of there. Yeah, no. No matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax experts make them count. Did you say no to a big wedding and elope at the county courthouse? That's a move. Did you go back to school to get your degree? That's a move. Did you relocate for a fresh start? Well, that's literally a move. Maybe you moved into a houseboat instead of a house house, or switched gears from rideshare driving to video game streaming, or you rode the stock market to the moon and back. TurboTax experts make all your moves count, getting you every credit and deduction you deserve. File with 100% accuracy and get you your max refund guaranteed. So, switch to TurboTax. Make your moves. They'll make them count. See guarantee details at TurboTax.com guarantees. Experts only available with TurboTax Live. That's the one thing I think, I mean, I've kind of talked about this ad nauseum since the very beginning of this podcast a couple years ago, but like... The, I think one of the sort of understated changes about last season for Jonas was that they just kind of stopped having those design post touches for him. And those were like wasted possessions that didn't really fit what the Raptors wanted to do on offense, particularly last season. And instead, they just replaced a lot of those with just pick and roll possessions where he is such a daunting target and is really hard to guard. He's not like a vertical threat. He's not going to throw down a million lobs, but he's just right. so hard to guard for most guys in the league that he's a really nice target to have out there. And as he refines that playmaking touch there as well, which I think we saw shades of last season, you know, he had some nice moments where he would hit guys cutting baseline. I think in the playoffs, actually, there were a few instances of he'd get the ball in the short roll, OG would cut from the right corner, and he'd hit OG with a perfect pass. And that's just the kind of stuff that we never saw from Jonas in previous years, especially when he was asked to, you know, you know post up a million, a million times a game. And when he would post up, he just never really turned those into anything. And a part of that is because the offense was stagnant and didn't move and there were no opportunities for him to hit cutters, really. But he wasn't a very good kickout passer. He wasn't making things happen in those situations outside of just him backing down and trying to shoot. And I think there's just a lot more in his repertoire now after we, what we saw last season that I'm excited to see what he does with another year in Nick Nurse's system and a, a little bit more trust and maybe, again, like a little bit more in terms of just raw playing time. Last year, his minutes dropped from 25.8 the season before, kind of steady at about 26 for three seasons, down to 22.4. And he was as effective or more effective than he's ever been last season. And I think scaling that up would be a pretty good idea. And it might be a necessity because if you look at the Raptors roster, he's kind of the only traditional center. He's the only reliable rebounder on the team now that Jakob Pertl's gone. And there's not yeah. a huge layer of depth behind him. If we were sort of trying to establish what we think Jonas's role in terms of minutes is going to be this season, what would you kind of anticipate? How does he work into the rotation? Um, I'm assuming you think he starts, but after that, what do you think happens with him? Yeah, I, I do believe he'll be the starter. Um, last season, the most minutes he played in a month was about 25. Mm. And that happened in about Feb. Uh, I could see him being in that same range. I mean, 
if if everything holds with the defense in terms of what we expect from the new perimeter defenders, uh, I think the biggest change might be him getting in those crunch time minutes because if we're going off of last season, uh, Serge Ibaka's consistency is definitely a big question mark. Mm. Um, and I don't know uh, how much eating the stuff he's eating on how hungry are you uh, <laughs> is helping him. <laughs> <laughs> I love that shit, man. I love that yeah, show. It's yeah, so it's, good. It's definitely great off-season content. Did you watch well, the Lukaku one with the yeah. chicken feet? Yeah. That was, yeah. Uh... I mean, <laughs> the high five with the chicken feet. Was <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's like he's almost like daring, the, like paying the people to come in as like a dare. I don't know. It's it's great. It's tremendous yeah. off-season stuff. Anyway, carry on. Um. But yeah, it, it's cool getting to see some of his personality as well. Um, you know, you just look at him as this daunting interior rim protector from OKC who's now moved into jump shooting and now I guess we know a bit more about him. Obviously, extremely uh, passionate about being Congolese. And, mm-hmm. um, it's pretty cool. Uh, but yeah, back to Jonas. Yes, uh, we've gone on a couple <laughs> tangents. That's fine. Whatever. It's still September. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, in terms of the Jonas minutes, if the fourth quarter minutes change, um, that would be the biggest factor. 22, I think, is too low. Mm-hmm. Uh, but obviously some of that had to do with uh, how good Jakob Pertl was. Um, and then, you know, Serge probably played less at the five last season than he did, um, you know, post coming over uh, in the trade. Uh, well, uh, oh, significantly yeah. less. He barely played yeah. at all until the playoffs. Yes, yeah, yeah. exactly. So I, I think most of it had to do with Jakob Pertl just being really good. Mm-hmm. Um, not sure that I'll have the same expectations of Greg Monroe. Uh, so, <laughs> so yeah, I, I definitely think uh, we're looking north of 22. Maybe maybe we'll see it closer to what it was in 2016-17 season, whereas, uh, you know, close to 26. Then that's pretty much where he's been uh, the three seasons before that. So, yeah, if I, had, if I had to bet, I'll go, I'll go around the 26-mark range. I might even go over that. I honestly think you might see just like a flip flop. Last season, Abaka played twenty seven and a half a game. Dero- uh, Jonas was at twenty two point five. Like I wouldn't be shocked if we just saw that flip, and Jonas is flirting with twenty eight minutes a game. I think Nick Nurse really likes him. He's talked him up quite a bit. Well, especially if Serge comes off the bench. Yeah, right? the whole Serge thing. I don't really know how to ha- like the starters is going to be an exhausting question. This will be a podcast on its own probably <laughs> next week or so, but. Um, yeah. I don't know how that's all going to work politics-wise. If Serge is coming off the bench, I'd like to see just just see him be the full-time backup center, and they can work in yeah. Pascal and OG pretty much as the full-time fours. That's my ideal scenario, and Monroe yeah. just plays sparingly. I'm not convinced that's going to happen. I think it's going to kind of fluctuate night to night based on matchups and stuff. So we it's you know we've been kind of spoiled, I guess, as people who analyze the team the last few years where. The predict the the rotations have been so predictable that it's been a lot easier to kind of talk about them. I guess it's going to be yeah. kind of I think a bit of a feeling out process with Nick Nurse because I think he's going to be more experimental. I don't think he's going to be married to his starting lineup. So this question could kind of be you know harder to gauge right now than it would have been say a year ago. But I do think Serge. And Jonas, like, I think Jonas is the best pick on this team. I don't think there's a question about that right now. And maybe no. Serge fits into some lineups better than him. And I, I've kind of been in love with the idea of Serge playing center next to whoever, Siakam. yeah, Siakam or OG and Kawhi or whoever. Mm-hmm. But I just, you know, I'm kind of selling myself now on the idea of Jonas with a bunch of wings around him. I think 
Yeah. You know, it's not Al Horford in, in, with the Celtics, but I think it's like some reasonable facsimile of that. He's obviously not the defensive player or just the all-around player that Al Horford, Horford is, but he is you know, a guy that I think you can circle with a bunch of wings and not be worried too much about defensively and get by against a lot of teams, especially since you have Kawhi Leonard on your team, who's going to be a big sort of equalizer for a lot of games, and maybe you have to worry about this stuff on the fringes a little bit less. We don't really know what it's like to have a player like this on the team. DeMar's been amazing. Kyle's been amazing. Kawhi is a different beast. And I'm curious to see how much we're going to care about the margins when Kawhi is just out there beasting dudes. Um, Ideally, if he's healthy, yada, yada, yada. But, like, these are all interesting questions. But I think the Jonas one, um, in terms of his minutes, like, I I would say he's definitely going to have the highest minutes load of all the bigs. Would you think that's fair? Uh, Yes, absolutely. Definitely. Yeah. no, I, I was just going to say, it's funny, you know, last season we had a podcast where we debated Norman Powell versus CJ Miles in the starting lineup, and it yeah. ended up being OG, so, yeah. you know, we might be in, maybe we'll get a complete wild card. Siakam in uh, Monroe, baby. <laughs> <laughs> please no, I don't want that uh, at no, all. No. Please, and, please you no. know, we, we, we talked about the decision-making uh, being easier for Jonas, uh, theoretically, mm-hmm. uh, with these better guards and forwards around him uh, defensively. Uh what that'll do is also make him that much better uh, at rebounding. Mm-hmm. You know, and if he can just focus on closing out the possessions, and you know, the guys are able to keep guys in front of them and just have good contests, then all Jonas has got to do is keep uh, keep his man boxed out and get the board, and the Raptors can be off the races. So, you know, I, I think uh, even if we don't see an uptick in his scoring. And, you know, he stays around that same 12, 13 points a game. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if this was the season where we, where we saw him get into double-digit rebounding just because, mm-hmm. you know, you're expecting the defense to be so much better. Uh, so you're you know, obviously contesting more shots, you're creating more misses, and that potentially should create more opportunities for him to rebound. Yeah, we'll, we'll do an over-unders podcast um, like we did last year with Sahal before the season starts. But I'm kind of thinking of maybe, like, setting my hypothetical line for Jonas points a game at like 14 and a half maybe 15 like I think between his per 36 production last season the minutes increase I think he's going to get and just sort of the the opportunity he's going to get to produce I, I do think he's got a chance to be like a 15 or 16 and 10 kind of guy and I know I've said this before I know I've said he's going to be a 15 and 10 16 11 kind of guy um in the past but like this the 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 sort of ingredients seem to be coming here together here for that to actually happen and for him to not be played off the floor all the time and for him to actually have the opportunity to put up those numbers that he's very much capable of because he's freaking efficient as hell. Um, last one, quickly. If you had to... I don't know. The East is kind of depressing this season, yada, yada, yada. I still think it's a bit of a long shot, but is there a scenario you can see in which Jonas is an all-star this season? I really haven't given that much thought. Not that it really matters, but it's interesting, I think, because, like, it's kind of, there's kind of an opportunity there. Yeah, so, so okay, so we've got Al Horford in the mix, obviously. Mm. Um, Kevin Love's going to put up a ton of numbers with Cleveland. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, Embiid. Yeah. Um, who else are we looking at? I mean... Is he everyone, the fourth yeah, best? Every, everyone keeps anticipating that Miles Turner breakout season, yeah. but it hasn't happened yet. 
Hey, so, he's skinny now. He stopped eating eight slices of pizza at a time. Hey. <laughs> Maybe we'll be on the next How Hungry Are You? <laughs> Serge doesn't eat pizza, man. Have you seen his abs? There's no way he eats pizza. No. Um, it's just fish eyes. I think Jonas is probably the fourth best center in the East. Maybe Drummond, if you like whoa, that whoa, kind whoa. of thing. Trying to get Masai on here to remind you that he, Drummond is. <laughs> I don't think Drummond is better. I think Drummond is kind of <laughs> ass, but I do think there are people who think Drummond is better. Um, and what like Blake the Wizards, brand new signing Dwight Howard. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God! Please, please. Um, yeah, I think. Looking at it right now, just because really, Chris Stapps isn't going to play, at least till like New Year's or whatever. And so, what, what are, how many front court spots are there? Weird. Like, so I've heard some stuff about him not getting back till New Year. Then um, I think it was uh, the Knicks president of basketball operations, maybe, mm-hmm. who was on a podcast and said he's expecting uh, Chris Stapps at training camp. So I don't know what's going on there. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Might be in for a bit of a surprise there. I uh, would not rush yeah. him back if I'm the Knicks, and I might prefer he not play at all. But but yeah, I'm, I'm looking at the Eastern Conference standings right now. You look at Boston, Al Horford. You look at Philly, Embiid. You look at Cleveland, Kevin Love. You look at Indiana, maybe Miles Turner. I don't think Turner's Mag- in that tier yet. Like I just don't. No, no, I'm just saying in case he yeah. has that breakout season. Yeah. Like obviously, Oladipo snapped last season. Who knows? Maybe it's Miles Miles Turner's turn yeah. this. Season. Right? Uh, I'm just saying, maybe. Uh, I'm just sort of listing candidates of who Jonas might have to battle, potentially. Mm-hmm. Right? I think there's uh, six guys. Milwaukee, there's no one. Yeah. Uh, Washington, I mean, realistically, not not really. Um, yeah, so Detroit, you got Drummond. Um, and Blake, if we're going bigs. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, Charlotte, can't forget about Tyler Zeller. <laughs> or Frank Kaminsky, or probably a Plumlee or two. <laughs> Man, I don't even know if Frank Kaminsky is going to be in the league after this. He's not good. <laughs> the Hornets are bad and uh, are a disaster, and should probably trade Kemba Walker. Yeah, that'd be sad. I keep wanting, I keep wanting to slot them in the playoffs. I just, I can't bring myself to do it. They're too sad. No, they're no, too dependent on the Whites. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you said it, not me. I did say it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, no, I I see where you're coming from. I just don't know if he has the appeal that he does around the NBA fan base. Yeah. Um, and then I don't know if coaches will give him the recognition he deserves just because. You probably anticipate most of that going to Kawhi and Lowry. Yeah, that's true. Uh, Although people are like strangely low on Lowry, I think that's going to change this year. I think Lowry's going to be amazing with Kawhi, so maybe he'll shut some people up and be a no-brainer all-star. Like I, I don't think there's, I don't think it's likely. I don't think it would be just if it happened, but I wouldn't be like totally stunned if Jonas was the second Raptors all-star and Lowry was left off just because people are idiots about Kyle Lowry. But I don't think that's likely. Ow. Yeah, I, 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 again, that would be completely idiotic, because Kyle Lowry, uh, as we'll get to in a post that I'm writing in a few weeks, we'll get to him. Uh, I think extremely highly of Kyle Lowry, and he should be an all-star. He'd write him in right now, but I think people are idiots about Kyle Lowry. I just think that's a thing. Yeah. In ways that, I don't know. Never mind. 
Kyle Lowry is very good. That, that, that's all we. He should be an All Star over Jonas, no matter what. <laughs> but I just I yeah. think especially if the if the Raptors are like I don't know how many games are they into the All like thirty five and fifteen or something like that so like some crazy record at that point like yeah so that wouldn't be a concern right the Raptors yeah. will definitely like assuming health everything the Raptors should definitely be good enough to have three All Stars yeah. in the game especially in this East. Which is just yeah. so sad. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, so that's just interesting. Uh, just, just, a, just a thing to keep an eye on. I think it's more likely this season than it ever has been before, if that makes any sense. So That's fair. Keep that's an eye fair. on that, for sure. Um, I think that's going to do it for the Jonas podcast. It sounds like we're pretty high on Jonas this season. I'm looking forward to it. I think he's going to be really good. You know, And I've been critical of him in the past and not enjoyed the Jonas experience uh, prior to last season. But I do think with his personal growth over the last year and just the way the team is going to be shaped around him and sort of suited to limiting areas in which his weaknesses can really come back around to bite him and the team. I think this is going to be a very fruitful season for Jonas Valanciunas and I'm excited for it because he's a fun dude to be around. He's a fun dude to watch when he's really on and Jonas 3 still give me oh so much joy. Um, this podcast gave me oh so much joy. Vivek, uh, where can people check uh, your work? What are you working on right now? Um, so actually that piece that I mentioned the last time I was on is still not out because I didn't get a chance to really work on it. <laughs> um, so I'll look to get that out, you know, again, uh, for those who don't listen to the last one and if you're listening now, I'm just going to go over, you know, Nick Nurse has talked about, uh, talked a lot about, uh, experimentation. So just going over the potential things that he could experiment with and how that might play out. Right on. Uh, Vivek M. Jacob on Twitter. You can find me at Woodley Sean. And I have a very ambitious and extremely dumb writing project that will be starting its release tomorrow morning. It's going to be it's like. It's cool, a, man. It's cool. It's I appreciate <laughs> um, the dedication. Yeah, that's certainly a word for it. Uh, it's going to be an eight part piece, eight part project whatever that comes out first part's coming out tomorrow this is probably gonna be the longest one because i had to encompass the most material i am ranking all 218 raptors to have ever played for the team by how good they were with the team and let me tell you uh the post that's coming out tomorrow is players number 218 through players number 181 and there are some dog shit players who have played for this team and uh it was mostly during like the mid 90s early night late 90s early aughts um so it, it, things are much better now i didn't have to get too sad about the current state of the team right now it's mostly just looking back on uh the garbage fire that was in the past and is no longer so looking forward to that coming out it'll be up on raptors hq tomorrow and uh please yell at me about where you think i should have placed euro Slokar uh in relation to hassan adams if you really want to <laughs> so that's coming out tomorrow. It's uh, it's fun. I, I, got, I got some weird research tidbits that I uncovered for a few guys in there, and uh, yeah, there's jokes. There's it's not all that serious really, and uh, so yeah, that's coming on Raptors HQ tomorrow. Part one of my eight part series ranking every single Raptor to have played for the team. Uh, you can also follow the podcast or subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, all those places. Please rate and review, and make sure you're checking out the Locked On Podcast Network, NFL, MLB. If your team is still kicking around, I know the Blue Jays kind of stink right now, but if you want to hear about the Blue Jays' September call-ups and all that stuff, and all the stuff going on with Josh Donaldson, make sure you're checking out Locked On Blue Jays as well. And uh, there's no shortage of shortage of 
content for you to listen to if you're a sports fan and on the Lockdown Podcast Network. So find a show that you like and support it the best way you can, which is rating and reviewing it on iTunes. That's going to do it for today's show. We'll be back again tomorrow with another podcast looking ahead to the regular season, which is still just like a month and a half away. It's getting close. Media Day is coming soon, and we're going to ramp things up here on the podcast. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll be back tomorrow with another episode of Locked on Raptors. This is your invitation to a masterclass in engineering and design. Your ticket to go from zero to 60 with the Lexus Performance Line. A feeling this dynamic is invite only. Fortunately, you're invited. Experience the exhilaration of the Lexus Performance Line and some of the best offers of the year on select models at the Invitation to Lexus sales event, now through April 1st. Experience amazing at your Lexus dealer. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. 